Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. I am really excited because I was coaching some team leaders recently, and we had just this incredible conversation around time, what we call time traps, and a lot of really great things came out of this conversation. So today we're going to talk about a specific type of day and type of time that we talk about at Strategic Coach called buffer time, and how you can make much, much better use of it, because this was really the big insight for the clients that day, and I wanted to make sure I shared it with you you. So let's jump in. So first of all, what time am I talking about? And we have a time system. So what's all that about? And how do we get trapped? So let's answer those two questions first. So as strategic coach, we have this incredible time system that really helps to clarify and simplify for our entrepreneurial clients, how they look at their activities and when they do them. So briefly, it's called the Entrepreneurial Time System. It consists of free days, focus days, and buffer days. And we actually suggest that they take a look at their entire calendar for a year and carve off free days. And the definition of a free day is 24 hours midnight to midnight, during which you do no work-related activities. And team members also get these, so make a note of that definition. And then we have two other types of days called a focus day, which is really focused 80% of the time on your top three money-making or results-producing activities and anything whatsoever to do with your top relationships. And then a buffer day is a day where you are preparing to have great free days and preparing to have really great focus days. So I want to amend that a little bit for team members because as team members, we don't always have the complete freedom to carve out an entire day. And our days are always 24 hours, midnight to midnight. Obviously, that's a free day. A focus day, I really hope, is not 24 hours. That would be a really long day. But it's 80% of your average working day. And, you know, same with a buffer day. It's an average working day. But for team members, an entire day designated to one type of activity and sustaining that momentum really isn't possible. Team members, just by definition, are not quite that much in control of their time. So how does it work for team members? Well, for team members, they definitely, definitely have free days, okay? 24 hours, midnight to midnight, during which you do absolutely no work. Going to get to that in a future podcast in the series, so it's not too far away. But then you have your work time divided into focus activities and buffer activities. And this is only for entrepreneurial team members. It's not for entrepreneurs, it's for entrepreneurial team members. But it's really powerful. And focus activities we're going to get to in our next conversation, our next podcast. But I really want to drill down on this buffer time. So what is buffer time and how can you make really great use of it? So if it's preparing for free and preparing for focus time, that's useful to a point. But let's talk about what it actually looks like. So at Strategic Coach, certainly when I first started the program in 1991, long time ago, one of the ways that Dan Sullivan talked about it was here are the things you want to be doing during your buffer days. And it was really about three things, cleaning up messes. And as you know, entrepreneurs are really talented at creating messes, especially when it's something they don't want to do. So that's one area. And it's interesting, for most of us, we have our own form of a mess. It can be some type of lack of organization, or maybe it's paper, maybe it's electronic files, what have you, or maybe it's relationship or financial or even health messes, hopefully not a legal mess, but those happen occasionally. So it's any kind of a mess that needs to get cleaned up, but that really drains our energy. So cleaning up messes is really important. So the second type of project or activity that Dan talked about was delegating stuff. 
Now, I love the fact that stuff and messes are technical terms as strategic coach. <laughs> it's really true. And stuff is just a result of doing business. There's just a lot of stuff that has to happen. And that may, in fact, be a large part of your job if you're a team member. And then the third type, and I consider this my favorite type of buffer activity, is putting in place new capabilities. When I am learning, even when I'm reading certain business books, if I'm listening to a business podcast, when I'm talking to someone and learning, I went to this amazing conference recently, that was total buffer and an incredible use of it. Did I meet some really cool people and create some business opportunities? Yes. So there was some focus in there, but really my purpose was to absorb and to learn. And it was interesting. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I'm used to pretty much being at the, the top of the learning curve with most of the stuff that I do day to day that are my unique ability that I love to do, which has to do with coaching and writing and talking to you. You know, that's one of my favorite things and I'm practiced at it. I've done it for a really long time and I, I love curating interesting information for you and sharing it. So that's something I'm quite experienced and quite confident at. Now, when you go to a conference, especially when it has to do with an area of business that you're less familiar, all of a sudden, what happened to me is I felt like I went right to the bottom of the learning curve. And it was really interesting to be in that state of, frankly, courage. If you remember me talking about with Strategic Coach, we have the four C's growth process, which starts with commitment, Encourage. It's only once you're willing to invest those two things that you actually get to a state of capability and confidence. Most of us, thank you very much, would like to start with capability and confidence, but no, <laughs> it starts with actually with commitment and courage. So I felt like I was having to be pretty courageous and I was fully committed and just I knew I had little bits of pieces, but I was figuring out how to put it all together and it's frankly going to take a little bit more work. But that's an enjoyable as long as you can recognize where you're at in the learning phase and not avoid it, but actually kind of plunge yourself into that circumstance. So that's an example of a great use of buffer time. But I was away at a, at a conference with amazing people. So that's kind of the project base. But one of the things I discovered when I was trying to implement the time system for myself, and I was in sales, so I really did have the freedom to do the full time system, the entrepreneurial version, was that projects are not activities. Like there's a whole bunch of things involved in cleaning up messes and delegating stuff and putting in place new capabilities. When I finally figured out the three things I need to do on a regular basis, and by the way, if you have a piece of paper handy, write this down for yourself. I'm going to share what my three activities are. And I figured this out, goodness, almost 18 years ago. It took me three years in Strategic Coach before I figured this out, which is kind of crazy. Actually, it was 20 plus years ago. But they've stayed pretty consistent. Now, I have more help than I had back then, thank goodness. But when I finally figured out my buffer activities, all of a sudden, my time went click and I no longer felt trapped and unsuccessful. So here's what mine turned out to be, but I want you to think about yours. And if you're a list maker, making your list of things to do is definitely going to be one of those things. And then at the end of the day, checking off that list, you're like, yes, I did it. And then if you forgot to write something down in the morning that you did later, you write it down and then you check it off. <laughs> that would be a really good example of a great buffer activity. It's what you need to do to get yourself sorted, to get yourself feeling calm and so that you can focus or that you can rejuvenate on a free day. You know, if you've ever gone on vacation, that giant list of things that you felt like you had to nail down and check off, 
That's a really good example of buffering. And buffer is really essential because it's a lubrication in the system that that helps take you from one state, for instance, from focusing to being able to go home with a clear mind. If you've ever gone home and you spent time with your family, your spouse, your kids, your friends, and your mind is all in that list of things in your head, and you're physically there, but mentally and emotionally, (laughs) frankly, somewhere else, you're not present, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And really putting in place even a little bit of buffer every single day can be a total game changer in terms of your ability to be focused and your ability to be present when you're not working on your free time. So really, really critical that we actually put in place this buffer. I also call it the mortar between the bricks. If the bricks are free and the free time and focus time, you know, you need an in-between. And most of us have that squished pretty flat. There's no bounce. (laughs) There's no barrier between them. And if you have enough buffer time, everything else works. And if you don't, it gets a little crunchy. And it's interesting in the summer which is when I happen to be recording this. What I know is that I have a lot more free time and I'm pretty focused. That never changes. I know how to keep myself off the streets. (laughs) That's to keep myself doing important revenue-generating, contributing activities. But what does get crunched is buffer. So I'll talk more about that in just a minute. So when you figure out your own activities that really are what you need to get yourself organized and calm and clear so you can do all your great work and you can be with people the way you want to be with them, again, it's a total game changer for how you approach your work. So here are my three, and I'm simply putting this out as an example, but much more important is that you figure out your own. So give some thought to this. So for me, it boils down to three things. Number one is organizing my projects. And I talk about Colby a lot. So on the Colby index, I'm a three in fact finder out of 10. I'm a two in follow through. And anything organizational really goes into that follow through. For those of you with much more mental energy for following through, you're going to have beautifully organized systems. It was great. We have a new person that just started the team and she's working closely with Babs and Dan on that team. She has a seven and follow through and she says, even before I know what I need to organize, I need to get files. I need to get color coding and I need to make sure I've got the systems in place. And then she's going to put all the information that she gets into those. But the first thing she wants to do is get herself organized. And that's how initiating follow through <laughs> looks at the world. I'm a two in follow through. So this is the thing I do last for the shortest amount of time. So let me tell you my incredibly simple one two-step system. So what I need to do is I need to have a plastic clear folder and I like the ones with colored bars on the side. It's color coordinated but it's not color coded. In other words there's actually no system to the colors. I just like color which is true for a lot of quick starts in the Colby profile which is kind of entertaining. And then what I have to make sure is that anything relative to that project so if client then my last client notes go in there. We do keep a lot of stuff online And my brilliant support partner, Nicole, is a seven and follow through. So bless her. She can organize information 16 ways to Sunday and does it brilliantly online as well as in paper. But what I need to do is I need to put my notes, any files, any exercises that I'm working with them. We do workshop exercises at Coach. And I put that in the folder. If I go from phone call to phone call to phone call to meeting to phone call and I don't put the relevant papers or my notes into their folder, I'm toast. I'm like lost and my work area looks like a bomb hit it. It's not attractive. So that step of making the file and making sure I put stuff in it is my version of organizing my projects. And I actually did one day, after hours one day, I have this open 
kind of, if you've seen those things from Ikea where they have square boxes and it's kind of a bookshelf, but in square format, I have different, my boxes labeled, you know, so calls. So my Inside Strategic Coach podcast with Dan or the different book recordings that we do or this podcast, all my files for that are together. So I had to get them a little bit sorted, but that was a once a year activity. The other one is giving direction about my calendar. I am not unique at scheduling. I can usually make the first outreach, like, hey, can we set up a time? And then if the person doesn't respond kind of instantly, I've forgotten and I'm on to something else. And you know, scheduling these days usually takes quite a bit of back and forth. But I need to give direction. When are my free days? When do I want to meet with someone? When am I focusing? How do I need anything that's actually going to happen needs to get in my calendar. Even a phone call while I'm traveling, I have to put it in there or I will get distracted by something else. So really important. And Nicole is my scheduling goddess as one of her other titles. So we meet almost daily when I'm around to, you know, clarify that. And then what's great is she actually has a scheduling brain. It's incredible. And she will protect me and make sure I don't overschedule myself, which is what I learned I do. So when I said, remember, I didn't have a lot of buffer time because of all the free days in the summer. Well, I have booked myself literally from seven in the morning until nine at night. This is what happens when I am left to my own devices. (laughs) And so she came in today and she goes, Shannon, what have you done? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oops, sorry. You know, but she'll protect me better than I will protect myself. And then the third one is simply communicating with the team about all the projects that we're involved in. So that's key. Like, what's the status update? Paul grabbed me in the hallway and said, hey, I want to show you an update on the Team Success website. So can we do that? You know, so great. And then Nicole came up with a much better timing than what we'd originally thought. So it was one of those things where you just need to be able to connect with people so you're up to speed. If you have open files that need to be closed in your mind, this is when that happens. It's when you check your dashboard if you have one. It's when you have time to call people back. You know, it's all of those things where you actually set back and forth communication. So let's talk about how this actually lands in your calendar and how you make this real. So once you've figured out exactly what it is, and for most people, it's some form of a to-do list, and that's going to be the activities that you have to do, the people with whom you need to do them, and the things that you need to make sure get done. So send, email, call. You do not want to be thinking about this in the car on the way home or when you're lying in bed trying to fall asleep because otherwise this is when this happens. So taking even 5, 10, 15 minutes at the end of the day just to write that down gets it out of your mind. We have a term at Coach we call delegated memory. And when you can delegate it to either a piece of paper or your phone or whatever list-making app that you enjoy, great way to do it. One of the things that Nicole has started doing, because I'm I'm mobile, I move all over the place. I'm in Toronto and Chicago and LA fairly often. So paper is kind of tough, and I'm, I don't have any ability for handling paper. So having it on a Trello board. So Trello is one of the apps we just absolutely love for organizing it. I like it because it's graphic, it's colorful, it's easy for me to get the gist. I tend to look at the first board because it's the start of things. Nicole manages everything else. But we actually have a buffer day list. We have a Trello board just for buffer activities. And these are things people I need to get back to, emails I need to make sure I don't miss, key topics, next steps, scheduling questions, any of that goes into that Trello board. And when we have buffer time, which she schedules, we knock those things out. So that's really key. And, And there's other great project management systems out there too. But I really like Trello because it's so graphic and so easy and intuitive. And I don't have to think much to figure it out. So that's a win in my mind. One of the other key points about buffer time is 
everyone has their own little system for how they do it. And if you have mental energy for details and organizing, yes, give yourself that time. Honor and respect how you are naturally productive and how you naturally strive and problem solve. I have to tell you, 15 minutes of the beginning of the day, even if you come in a few minutes earlier, close your door, maybe you stop at a coffee shop on the way in, and instead of just grabbing it to go, you actually sit down and even in your car, if you were to sit down and think through, okay, what do I have to make happen? awesome. And that will just have you coming into the office calm, peaceful, and ready to be present. There's nothing worse than thinking you've got 15 minutes to your list, and then there's three people lined up at your door wanting to know, hey, what about this? What about that? And you're like, ah, haven't had my coffee yet. So protecting a little bit of time is super. Now, the last point, again, is what I was saying, if you're not great at buffering, or if you're like me with not a lot of mental energy for fact-finding and following through, then you want to employ the strategy that I have is that I never buffer alone. I am not naturally talented at those activities of organizing and scheduling. But what happens is when Nicole and I sit down together, I get much better instantly because she's in the room. I get to borrow her brain a little bit. I get to initiate stuff. Things that were floating around freeform in my mind just sort of land and I can tell her because I actually have a person who I can pass the baton over to and she can grab it and run with it. That's where her area of unique ability and skill is. So it's fantastic. My buffer is her focus and vice versa. So that's kind of a neat way to think about it. I just really want you to leave this conversation with recognizing that it's not just project-based in terms of cleanups, delegations, and new capabilities, but also those three activities that you regularly do to put yourself in your best place, to be your best self, frankly, both at work and at home. And people will appreciate it when you actually give yourself that time. If you start the morning with any kind of ritual or routine, it's a very similar process. You're just doing it for work and making sure that you actually have time to set up and prepare to have really, really great focus time and really, really great free time. So I hope this has been a useful conversation for you. If you have any questions or comments, we love, love, love to hear them. So let me know at questionsastrategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more Team Success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com. <laughs>